0: Good morning. Good morning. So happy to see you all today, and, and you guys too. Let's see. Uh, I just had a cataract surgery. I think there are 36 of you, but I can't tell online. Something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So welcome. Welcome. Three-day weekend. Nice. Nice. Right, so let's... Let's be in nature. Let's be in nature when it's nice. <clears throat> nature is so soothing. Nature can help us in hard times and, and not hard times. I mean, we're through hard times right now. And it's not looking, not looking too good on the horizon for us as a, as a culture. My goodness. Um, but regardless of what's happening culturally, socially, um, we can, and this is the theme of my talk, transform obstacles into openings. Uh, the problem we can, we can see, we can experience as a resource for the solution. Um, and I'm, my next, uh, retreat, um, on June 18, uh, is uh, going to focus on this, although it's a silent retreat but I will, I will talk and there will be some guided meditation and there will be some journaling. So this is kind of a conceptual outline of what, I, what I'm gonna do in the retreat and I won't even talk much about it in the
1: retreat, I will do it.
0: Or you'll just do it, those of you who come. So, um, we have Buddhist non-dualism as the underpinning for this. And we've got Taoist complementariness, as they end up beginning to this. Both non dualistic uh, Buddhist non-dualism saying, we have a label, we have a whole bunch of labels, we need labels, we need filters, but underneath those filters, deeper than, than those filters, is something that in, in Zen Dogen called whole being Buddha nature, or if I substitute awakening, which is etymologically correct, (laughs) whole being awake nature, whole being awake nature. We need our filters, but we also need our whole being awake nature, that through our meditation practice, we're trying to discover and settle into that whole being awake nature, because the filter gets clogged up. The label clogs us up. Um, And in in Taoism, uh there's a complementariness to everything and we get stuck on on one side but everything is moving into its opposite and every opposite is moving back and forth so very uh similar similar forms of non-dualism so uh uh breathing out becomes breathing in i have to keep uh, taking these off and removing them because I had cataract surgery in one eye and I'm having one in the other eye on Friday. So, <laughs> But I can see you okay. <laughs> um, uh, so, breathing out and breathing in.
1: Um, uh, spring and then summer. Summer and then fall.
0: Cold becomes warm problem becomes solution. Oh, is that possible? If winter becomes spring, is it possible the problem could become the solution? This is non-dualism, why not? (laughs) The problem is different? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. And uh, uh, what's this negative experience all about? that I'm having, that you're having right now. Um, what's it all about? What's about, what's the unhappiness about that's causing sleeplessness or anxiety? And uh, 15 years ago, about 15 years ago, I started doing Joseph, uh, oh, excuse me, Jack Cornfield's RAIN, R-A-I-N, and teaching it here. I haven't taught it in years. Recognize, accept, investigate, nurture. Recognize, accept, investigate, nurture. Whatever it is, and I've been calling that lightly in my dharma talks to simplify things and not get too heady about it. Just sponsoring, sponsoring your problem, sponsoring what it is you struggle. Every every time you say, "I want to do this." Is it possible for you to sponsor the other side? The other side? I think so. I think so. When folks meet with me one-to-one, uh, there's there's a part that wants to open, but there's also a part that wants to stay closed. No, oh, can you sponsor that too? It's trying to protect you. You don't have to just spill your guts to me. You can sponsor that. It's trying to protect you. You can do rain with it. All right, I can't recognize it. Oh, I well, it's to stay closed, accept it, investigate it. Well, it's probably about self protection and feeling embarrassed about something or not wanting to share something with a, with a teacher. Um, and then nurture. Then nurture. So, as practitioners, how can we sponsor those parts that don't feel safe? How can we welcome both sides? Yin and yang, closed and open, dark
1: and light. Remember, this is Zen. This is Zen. (coughs)
0: Chinese Zen poem, The Merging of Differencing And oneness that we used to chant here all the time. Darkness, there is light. So we can open up. This is our practice through meditation beyond the limitations of these filters. doesn't mean kicking them out. We need filters. We need labels. We can open up beyond that. There's something that's very spacious and very calm and just very alive. It's not a thing. (laughs) It's not a thing. We thingify through our labeling. We thingify through our uh, filter and we do need to thingify, that's one of the things human beings do. It's important. It's a unique feature of being human, thingifying. So now I'm going to give some examples, I'm going to give four examples um, uh, of uh, people that I've worked with, but I want to start with a disclaimer. You will not be able to recognize any of these people, and if you think you can, you're in your fantasy world,
1: because (laughs) I
0: I have been supporting people for 30, 40 years. I have a lot of stuff in my head, a lot of emotional memories. And when I'm getting ready to give a Dharma talk, I'm very careful careful about confidentiality. I just amalgamate memories from a long time ago, (laughs) plus fantasies. (laughs) So (laughs) so don't don't worry, really. I'm I'm not going to expose anything. Now, if you feel exposed, it's because I hit on something that's true for you.
1: Hmm.
0: So the first one, the first one. Um, I was working with a serious practitioner uh, who uh, 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 was falling asleep during my dharma talks.
1: <laughs>
0: he, he was very serious, but when I my dharma talks, he fell asleep. But in those days, I was the only one giving dharma talks, <laughs> so you know. Um, so. Uh, I talked to him about it, I needed to. Not the first time, not the second time, but about the fourth and the fifth time, I needed to talk with him, right? So I did. And he, so he recognized it, and then he recognized uh, that he was embarrassed about, about uh, this happening, about, about doing this, and about having to talk to me about it. He accepted that, well, that's what it is. And then he investigated it, I helped him just investigate it, and he, um, uh, said, um, well, in my family, you get ha- you, I grew up being told you gave 100% effort, 110% effort 100%, 100% of the time. And this exam, is, ah, don't we talk about great effort? Don't we talk about effort beyond effort? So, yes, we do, yes, I've been known to say that myself. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But, what about the other side? What about the other side? What about it? What about it? Can you investigate it? And the other side was, I shouldn't be resting during meditation. Why should I be resting during meditation? So then I had him read uh, something Suzuki Roshi wrote, I think, in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Uh, when you want to tame your sheeps or your cows, you give them a large pasture. And he said, well, I've read that several times. I said, yeah, but could you practice it? He said, no, that wouldn't be real Zen, and I would never calm my mind that way. I said, I want you to practice that.
1: <laughs>
0: and if you're going to keep working with me, I want that to be your practice. Now, he's different than maybe all the rest of you, but he needed that practice. That was his practice that he needed because that was what he was cutting off from, what he was closing down about. Second example. Well, first of all, again, natural complementarity uh, within whole being Buddha nature, with whole being awake nature. We close down parts of ourselves that are hard, that are scary, that we don't like, but as we open up more and more, we experience whole being. Whole being. The more we focus on one side, the more the other side is going, Yikes! Yikes! In case you haven't noticed. Maybe you've got it so repressed it doesn't say yikes. So second example. Uh, I'll call this guy Harry right now. Harry. I'm, 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 I'm calling all these people guys today. All guys. Harry had chronic fatigue. <clears throat> which horrified his family when they found out. This is is similar to the last one, because they were hardworking farmers. They were horrified, and they were horrified for him, because all he could do was stay in bed all day. They were not mad at him, they were just horrified. And back then, people didn't even necessarily believe in chronic fatigue, do you remember that? So, my practice as a teacher was to help him welcome the part of him that was experienced in chronic fatigue, welcome as his teacher, as his teacher. <coughs> he said, no, it's not welcome. I can't do anything. I'm just in bed all day. What's welcome about that? I understand. I mean, I've had Lyme disease myself. I understand this. Lyme's disease is not chronic fatigue, but it's got some similar symptoms. But we worked on it. We worked on it until he, w- he worked on it. I, all I'm as the catalyst. He worked on it until he was able to just accept
1: it. Just
0: accept it.
1: And sponsor it, sponsor it.
0: Kindly tell his fatigue that it has something important to say. (laughs) It has something important to say. And when it feels welcome, he was able to ask it if it could speak what it would say. And what it would say, he said, is, you're expecting too much of me. I can't do it, I give up. It took him about Three months and about a dozen meetings with with me as his mentor to, to do that. But that's okay, who cares how long it takes? It's not about time, this is about all being Buddha nature, all being awake nature. In both examples I've given, rest is bad. But then we can welcome that filter. Or if we have another filter, it's the opposite, we can welcome that filter. And explore it with curiosity, and with our body. With our body, Zen practice is about our bodies. Zazen is about our bodies. In case you haven't noticed, <laughs> in case you have, how many hours in a year do we spend? Those of us who are serious Zen practitioners, just being with our bodies. A lot, a lot. And our body has stuff to share with us. Stuff to teach us, now, maybe nonverbal. It's mostly nonverbal because the body doesn't
1: know about human language, I don't think. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But
0: we can welcome whatever filter comes and explore with our bodies. So there are four main categories of negative filters which I've talked about a lot. And you can just pull up Google and find out what they are. Fight, flight, freeze, and fall, right? These are the broad categories that protect us instinctually from a scary world out there. Fight, flight, freeze, and fall. We need them. They protect us, especially these days. My goodness. You know, when I was in the 60s, everybody was talking about moving to Canada. Now we're all in our... When I was in the 60s, I was in my 20s, and we were all talking. Now we're in our... I, my, my peers were in our 70s and 80s. We're getting a little old to
1: move to Canada. So
0: our three... We have lots of three... Lots of positive filters in Buddhism, too. Lots of positive things, right? The Paramitas, the Eightfold Path, and the three that I emphasize the most, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, the triple treasures. You need a teacher, me or some other teacher. You need the Dharma, you need some teaching to
1: help you. And you need each other, you can't do this by yourselves. You need each other.
0: So a third example, uh, this guy, uh, let's see, what am I calling, him? I'm calling this guy Ned, <laughs> Ned. <laughs> Ned had three young children. <clears throat> Ned discovered that um, he was having trouble getting up in the morning. He didn't want to get up in the morning uh, and help his wife get the kids off to school, give them breakfast and get them off to school. He was having trouble with it. It was becoming a real problem for him. So that's an obstacle. That's a difficulty. So he recognized it's a difficulty. He was able to accept it. And then he needed to investigate a little bit, right? Investigate it. Be curious, generally, genuinely interested in hmm, what's going on here. What's going on here? And usually your filter has a purpose. So if you're curious, you can discover the the purpose of your filter. Hmm, this is intellectual. This is
1: hmm, hmm. (laughs) You can discover the purpose generally. So,
0: He discovered that the purpose was that he felt like a fifth wheel, that there was him and the three kids. His wife was on top of everything. She remembered where the lunches were. She knew how to make the lunches. She remembered where their sweaters were. He felt out of it. There was no role for him. So he was going to stay in bed. (laughs) That was what he discovered. Then he had to nurture that. And he had to, then he had to really sponsor that. But till he'd investigated it, it was hard for him to sponsor it. So the obstacle or difficulty needs to be heard, felt, sponsored. And you may hear it saying, something's trying to wake up. <laughs> something's trying to wake up. <laughs> Using human language or using body language, I don't know. You can welcome. This is called midwifing yourself. We are the Jiriki school of Buddhism, the self power school of Buddhism. We, we midwife ourselves.
1: Midwife ourselves.
0: And that means we actually, we may look into in our body and say, hmm, what's happening in specific parts? What's happening in a specific part of my body that's that's possibly related to, to the problem? Hmm, can we discover that? Can we discover that? This is where we carry all of our projections from 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Can we... Can we find what part of our body it's it's manifesting itself in? Yeah, I think so. I think we could do that. I think we could do that. What image comes up? And what light does the image, if there is an image, maybe there won't be an image. What, What sensations come up? But what light do they cast on our contraction so that we can expand? Because you can't not expand into this deep spaciousness with your conscious mind. If your conscious mind can help you. You need your conscious mind.
1: Your conscious mind is your intention.
0: So, fourth example. <clears throat> this guy was kind of like me, I'll call him Fred. Kind of like me. He was writing a book and he's trying to finish it and he's procrastinating. I haven't talked about this in my Dharma talks, but I have spent a lot of time procrastinating on my books. <laughs> I'm I'm finished with my third book now. So maybe I won't have to do any more book book procrastination. Maybe I can turn it into taking care of the yard, my my job is in the yard or something.
1: Right?
0: But anyway. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. <clears throat> every time he finished his book, every time he was toward the end of his book, he would procrastinate.
1: He would procrastinate.
0: So he recognized that, and then through his breathing, he just accepted that was the pattern. That's the pattern. We we have these patterns. They they drive us, they have momentum of their own, in case you haven't noticed. They carry us through life. Some of them are good, some of them are not so good. Some of them are sometimes good and sometimes not so good. The good ones, if we get too stuck on them, are not good. (laughs) The bad ones, if we try to run away from them, are just bad, bad, bad. (laughs) But in this continuum, bad is good and good is bad, so don't worry about it. Just do your practice. (laughs) Complementariness, right? So anyway, so I said, uh, what well, can you find this in your body? Because uh, he'd been practicing for a while. And he'd done body scans. But he said, no, I can't find it. I can't find it. And I said, well, okay, well, let's see if, if you can model it somatically then. That's a, those are fancy words for just finding in your body how, how it might feel, how it might feel. And I said, "So the part of you that's committing to to finishing your book, uh, uh, where might, where might, might, what might you do in your body to to speak that language?" And he said, "Ah." And he clenched his jaws. Okay, clench your jaw. Can you welcome that jaw clenching? Even though you couldn't find it in your body, you could create it in your body, and then you could welcome the jaw clenching. Mm. I can welcome it. Then the part that procrastinates. Oh, he hunches his shoulders <laughs> and his head's forward as if he's getting to fall. i <laughs> oh, uh, can you welcome that? Welcome, welcome that? The doctor says he's able to welcome it. Then can feel both at the same time. There's a whole pattern, a pattern that emanates from whole being awake nature. And then can you practice moving between the two parts? Set jaw and hunch shoulders. And then if we do this, we come to what we really want. And what he really wants is to finish the book and to feel strong and worthy to create. Maybe he wants to do another book. He wants to feel strong and worthy to create. So, How about that deep intention that that he can get in touch with now, having done this preliminary work. So then I suggest to him, show me in your body how you would feel strong and worthy to create. And he loosens his jaw, he relaxes his shoulders, he opens his chest. And he breathes and says, walk. And I said, no, I want you to practice this on your cushion. I only see people every other week at the most. You have to practice this in your cushion, in your daily
1: life. He says, okay, okay, okay. Um, So those
0: are my um, four examples. So how about imagining a child? Uh, uh, I used to actually, volunteer uh, in a nursery school, but I won't get into that. I used to volunteer in a nursery school many years ago. I loved it. So imagine a a child, uh, uh, there are two kids in the nursery school, and one kid um, uh, grabs the something, grabs what? I don't know, Uh, maybe a, a toy. From the other kid. And the other kid snatches back the toy and hits the first kid over the head with it. Wow. Now he's protecting himself, right? That's fight. That's the first of the four Fs fight. He's going to protect himself. He's going to fight. So, how, what do we do? How do we help the child? How do we help the child? How about our inner child? How do I help our inner child? How do we work with our own child? I have to overcome this problem. I can't behave this way. I want to hit my inner child. Do ever, you ever want to hit your inner child? Does anybody here in the room ever not want to
1: hit their inner child? <laughs>
0: ever not want to just beat the something or other out of their inner child?
1: Do you want to do that? But. We're practicing sponsoring. We're sponsoring, sponsoring. Sponsoring the
0: frustration, sponsoring the anger, humanizing it, humanizing it. Where in your body do you feel it? That gives it some humanity. Gives it some humanity because it's there. You're feeling it in some place in your body. It's in my chest. Okay, it's in my chest. Now, if you say it's everywhere, I don't believe you. I want you to go back and sit for another session and, or three sessions, because it is happening someplace in your body. You're just out of touch with your body. And of course, a lot of us are out of touch with the body. You know? We're out of your touch with your body culture, but I don't need to go down there today. Right? <laughs> Humanize it. Humanize it. Not everywhere, just here. Just here is the frustration or anger. Just here is the frustration And, anger. and you might even want to give it a personal pronoun. That helps her humanizing it. He, she, or they, or something else. Personal pronoun. That helps
1: humanize it. Helps humanize it. And you may even want to give it an
0: age. Most of your projections happen. Most of them come from something that happened to you at a certain age. Most of the stuff you carry around is projections in your body (laughs) that happened to you at a certain age. So you don't need to be a psychologist or do any psychotherapy. You just give it an age. I give this anger and frustration um, an age of six. That helps humanize it that brings it alive so it's not just a thing in your body, part of your body you want to ignore. She's here. She's here around my heart and she's mad. And she's eight years old and she is really mad. Rather than I'm going to regress to eight years old and just act it out. That doesn't work too well, does it? But we do that all the time we do that so this is our practice of whole being buddha nature all being awake nature
1: and when your old pattern activates
0: just give them an inch and when it gets rageful just welcome it forward rather than having it take you backward into when you were 12 years old or 18 years old. You welcome it forward, forward. So this is all about coming back to our body, all about how whatever it is is being felt in our body right now. And this all stems from the second step in the Eightfold Path, intention, intention. And intention, if we're following Dogen, even though I do do Dogen differently than everybody else, but everybody else does Dogen differently from everybody else too, so (laughs) I'm I'm not an anomaly. (laughs) Well, we won't get into that. (laughs) It's Dogen's expression, whole being, awake nature. So that's my intention on the second Step in the path, which is in a way the most important step in the path. Because if we lose our intention, if we lose our aspiration, we just want to give the whole thing up. We're just faking it. It's the most important one is the second step. My intention is to, is to practice this core value of whole being awake nature. That's my intention. And what are the voices that are getting in the way? What are the voices that are negative or problematic and getting in the way? And how can I respond to them and discover that they're they're, they're resources?
2: They're resources.
0: How can I discover that uh, inside the sand within that pearl, inside the sand there is a pearl growing? (laughs) Inside the sand there is a pearl growing within that clam, within that oyster. And I think that's what I want to say for today. Let's see how long, on my glasses and see how much time we have. Oh, 10.35, okay. Um, so I'd be happy to have questions or comments from any of you. I'd like to start with the uh, 41 people are online to see if any of you have
1: questions or comments. And you can just speak. If you, if, you should, if, you would,
0: if you should be so bold, you can just speak. We will hear you. You have
2: to unmute yourself first.
1: Okay. Now moving to the room.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go back to them. <laughs> now moving to you guys. Comments or questions about anything related to your practice, your lives, or what I said? I'll say something.
3: Sure. I'm pretty sure you're um, spying. Uh, and,
0: and, and Meredith, since <laughs> yeah. you have your mask on, it's hard for me to hear you. Sure.
3: Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure you were spying on me and Aaron yesterday because we were talking about rain and we were talking Where about were the inner child thing. Uh-huh. And one thing that we were both talking about, if you don't mind me sharing, please um that we've experienced is the acceptance part that sometimes when there's an afflictive emotion, you know, I want it I actually want it to go away. Of right. Course. And I and I use my practice, but you know, but it, it's subtle. Like, you know, I sit with it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm overtly thinking, yeah. I want this to go away, but I'm actually hoping. Y- yeah. I feel better. Yeah. If I just
0: sit long enough.
3: Yeah. If I and just sit the whole if I, if, two yeah, days right. or three days. Yeah, Right. And um, and it's hard. And the one thing I've said to myself when I recognize it, sometimes I don't recognize it. Uh-huh. It's so subtle. Um, but one thing I... When I do recognize it, I say to myself, "As well, I guess I might just feel like this for a while, and it will change at some point."
0: And how does that how does that work? For it you? helps when oh. I
3: when I recognize it, but sometimes it's very hard for me to accept that. Yeah. I really keep trying things yeah. that sort of uh, are masquerading as like self care yeah. or something, yeah. but I'm really trying to get it to, to feel better. Yeah. You know?
0: I, I tend to think that those of us who are serious Zen students are a little more driven than other people. I um, mean, we, we could have chose something else. We chose Zen, because in a way, we're driven to open up to whole being awake nature. But the problem is that the, if we, if we get tight about it, we just, we just shrink from actually doing it. But I think you come up with a, a, a good kind of mantra for yourself, Merida. Do you have words that you use or just say it different ways?
3: No, I, I pretty much say I guess I'm just going to feel like this for a while. <laughs> yeah. And it will and it will change eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some optimism in there, really. Like, you know, everything yeah. is changing. So I know it's not, yeah. even though it feels very solid sometimes in oh, yeah. no the
1: moment. Good good yeah. for you. Yeah. Good for
2: you. Yes. Uh, uh, I have a question in terms of having multiple inner children.
1: Yeah. I feel like
2: there are times where there I've progressed within myself into like it used to times i felt like more mature, but like it still hasn't come up to me in certain situations where I've acted the best. Like I don't know if that's the same experience for other people, where they've had multiple versions of children. Well, let's
0: see if anybody wants to... Could you guys hear him online? Could you hear him online? Oh, they could. So, who would like... What's your name?
2: Jeremiah.
0: Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Would anybody like to respond to
1: Jeremiah? Online or in the room?
3: I don't know. Um, Jeremiah, I, I would say that that experience from my experience happens to all of us. That there are different parts of us as we progress through life that stay in a place, maybe they been activated because of something that's happened to us. Some fear, some some experience has left them there that we weren't able to deal with at the time. Mm-hmm. And so as we mature through life and as we open to our Buddha nature, um, they often, you know, tiptoe into the room or sometimes they come dancing in or screaming in, but they want us to see them, feel them, hear them, and befriend them again and welcome them home. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's really wonderful
1: that you allow yourself to experience them.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Who else would like to share?
1: Yes. I, I can share um, that sometimes I can catch myself and I can say, God, I just acted like I'm 17 years old because I treated mm. this person this way or, and so I I recognize when I do that and then I just, I just kind of um, Apologize to the person, and then I—I I rec- but I just recognize that boy. I was a real seventeen-year-old, or I was a real—I threw a tantrum, and I'm a two-year-old. So I can recognize it, but then I do um, sort of apologize. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yes. Um, thank you for bringing this up, and um, I think I can agree.
3: I think. You mentioned kind of the more I practice, the more it becomes prevalent, but I realize sometimes the more extreme reactions
1: or or the more like quick ones that I'm not able to address before they come out kind of come back to like the deeper wounds. They come back to disapprove? Deeper wounds. Oh, yeah. So like I recognize, so
3: with a stranger, I'm less likely to be so like, hmm, but sometimes with my father, uh, he says something that a stranger would say in the same manner. Yeah. And much more quick to
1: just like be more yeah. reactive. Yeah. Um, so I think my environment and the, the people I'm sharing my space with has a bigger impact on, uh-huh. on me. Uh huh. So you guys have
0: discovered this stuff through your uh, the third, third letter investigation. First you recognize it. First you accept it, and then you discover it. And and nurturing is what's hard. I, I I want to tell you a secret, and that is that I've been pra- I'm seventy nine, and I've been practicing since I was twenty one, and I still have to do this stuff. I have to do this stuff because it's instinctual. Whenever I'm threatened. Whenever Tim is threatened, that's a label. Tim, it's a label that got me through life. I did pretty good with it so far. <laughs> when Tim is threatened, yeah, right. threatened, he does one of those four things, and he will till he dies. And that was true for my teachers. Although they were both deified, it was true for them if you, if you knew them, and if you were there when they were sick, you knew that. <laughs> We're human, we're human, there ain't any gur- gurus but we come all open to the spaciousness where we welcome whatever happens and just uh, see it as, feel as a teacher, feel as a teacher, even if it's kind of an obtuse teacher or, or a teacher that doesn't want to help us very much, is still a teacher.
1: So hold
4: Hi, Tim. It's Don. Hi. Hi. You know, I want to thank you for bringing this up. I'm not familiar with rain, so this was a new concept for me today. And I just wanted to share, um, we all have different analogies that we can all uh, kind of institute to help us get through difficult times. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: And it was interesting because as I heard you speak about rain my analogy is doing a trail run Mm -hmm. and you know not knowing what the the trail is going to be slick, rocky muddy, hilly downhills and always knowing that it may be unsteady or you may fall or something but you have to accept the trail Mm -hmm. investigate how you're going to respond and navigate and then it's how are you going to act on the trail whether you slow down or anything but you know what you may fall
1: mm-hmm.
4: you may fall you got to get up yeah. and how do you do that and yeah. Yeah. um i just wanted to thank you because it gave me something a little more consolidated to just look at it from different oh, wow. a different way thank you for rain Oh, well, and I live weird. in it. No, I live I was- in the rain.
0: <laughs> well, no, I haven't talked about rain for 10 or 12 years. I was asking myself why. And that's because it's a, an acronym that people then, it becomes too techniquey. And it has to come from inside. And if you get too techniquey about it, it's not really coming from inside. But you guys are—you guys have learned how to do it from inside. Yeah.
1: And- Julian. Julian. Yeah, um, I've heard Rain before,
0: and the non-identify. Right, but I don't do it that way. I do I do nurturance. He's heard Rain as the the fourth one being non-identify. And we have to nurture.
5: Well, that's that. We'll
0: yeah, we, we do want to move to non-identify. Let's say R-A-I-N-N. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do have to. We do move. Whole being Buddha nature, whole being awake nature, doesn't isn't caught by identification. It not caught by it. But if we don't nurture those parts that are preventing us from opening up to it, we won't open up to it. And it's never ever final. There's no final enlightenment. There's no even mid-level enlightenment. This is just this practice. Just, how does that feel, Julian?
1: It does. And I, would, I was going to say that I think mean, similar to knowing where you who you are in that moment, not identify with a teenager or the kid, and it's uh-huh. been helpful. Like I couldn't do it all alone. Uh-huh. I had to identify the help from somebody else, with wisdom, uh-huh. identify as an adult to find out what the correct way to nurture is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Good. Thank you
0: well, you guys are doing this already, so I didn't even need my talk. Although my talk can be maybe a little bit inspiring. Or maybe you can think, oh, yeah, I I've been doing this. I'm on the right path.
5: Hello, Tim. Yes. Oh, Bill, hi. Hi. Um, thank you for the talk. And it, you reminded me of something. Um, I've been a member of another spiritual fellowship for about 38 years. And something very important in that fellowship is having a sponsor. Ah. I've had one and I've been one. Um, and my sponsor died about five years ago. Ah. He's as close to me as my breath. Ah. And what I realized, I learned this from another uh, sin teacher, is that all I have to do is look at my hand and realize that Lenny, my sponsor, is right there.
0: Ah. Uh, huh. That's that's beautiful Bill. That's beautiful.
5: Thank you. And 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 then I can I can talk to him and he is I've really embodied his his thinking. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, or his it was beyond thinking. He was a really inspired wonderful man. uh uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's like I kind of miss him him uh-huh. because he's right in my hand. And when I remember to do that, he often has very good advice. He's very what? Also have, he often has very good advice. <laughs> and oh. was the thing that was greatest about Lenny, and oh. even yeah. Lenny, yeah. if he yeah. doesn't my hand, yeah. is that he was very loving. And wonderful, he,
0: wonderful and, example.
5: And he listened. Yeah, okay, I'll stop.
0: Oh, no, I didn't mean to cut you
1: off.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. That's beautiful. Uh, well, uh, but that reminds me that. Our bodies don't communicate the way we want them to. Uh, We'd like our bodies to sponsor us by giving advice, by saying something, but they're primarily nonverbal. The sponsorship is primarily going to be nonverbal. And if you aren't able to slow down enough to pay attention to them and to to deeply accept their nonverbal advice, well, you, you will be. You will be if you keep just keep meditating. Just keep that second step on the path, which is intention. Intention to open up to whole being, awake nature. Or if you want to be, use Dogen's terminology, whole being, Buddha nature. B-U-D, B-O-D, means awake. <clears throat> Bodhi. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, let's see. Uh, can you say the t- tell the time? Ten fifty. Nine fifty? Ten fifty. Ten fifty. Oh yeah, nine fifty. Okay. <laughs> 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 Wrong hour. Um, all right, there's time for one or two more, either online or Paul.
2: Yeah, this it's a little tangent on Jeremy and, and also you. Um, we're talking about uh, personifying body sensations uh-huh. in areas and also that have multiple like, uh, children Uh and I've thought previously about um different minds or beings within us uh, physiologically the reptilian brain Ah. uh, the cortices yes and if you split the cortex yeah split because of epilepsy watch out if that left hand grabs an
1: axe yeah the
2: right hand has to you know yeah so experience I haven't gotten into. Are we ultimately infinite sub beings? Oh, yeah. And I'm just thinking that way. Yeah.
0: It's Good. Good. You know, I'm. Uh, you guys know who've heard me talk over this. I'm very fond of Walt Whitman. I am large. I contain multitudes.
1: <laughs>
0: now you may feel like you're small because you're type, but you still contain multitudes.
2: And then you, know, you think we're the boss, you know, our, our conscious entity is, is us, but really is that even just a, an amalgamation of different things? So yeah. Kind of a, a little bit of a rabbit hole. Isn't that
0: interesting? Yeah. Isn't that
2: fascinating?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, one of the, one of the things that I found that helps me snap out of a, when I'm living in my head too much, is I, I, I learned that. I learned about the value of ex- learning how to express genuine gratitude. Genuine uh-huh. gratitude for something uh-huh. so I'm thinking that as part of maybe acceptance if I learn how to express genuine gratitude for what's going on that sounds like if it's genuine it is it's genuine it is,
0: it is part of acceptance okay. because I think when we accept something Really accept it, not Stoicism. Uh, uh, I don't want to give a bad rap on the Stoics. The Stoics were not like that. They were more like Zen people. But the way we think of Stoicism, no. Not Stoicism. It's just uh, uh, when i uh, I'm, I'm, I just, gratitude comes from acceptance. Gratitude comes from a sense of connection. So I'm completely with you, Phil, completely with you.
1: Time maybe for one more from either group.
0: Sit for one and a half more minutes, <laughs> then I'll turn it over to the Dawn. But one and a half more minutes for anybody to
1: breathe mention something. Thank you, thank you. Have a good rest of your long weekend.